Tired of your delivery company breaking unrealistic promises? Try Honest Delivery with Leroy's Delivery Service. We drop your shit off wherever we feel like, whenever we feel like it. It's just one dude delivering everything. He answers customer complaints with personalized text excuses like, yeah, I'm off for the day. Or I got allergies. I'm in bed right now. Or, yo, I know I said it comes in three to four days. I meant three to four days on Venus. Have a real one deliver your stuff. Get your packages with 100% verified real-time excuses. Try Leroy's delivery today. What it do, people? It's your boy, Joel Boyd, co-host, comedian, writer, actor. We got a great show, man. If you've never been here to High Power, we are the show where everybody comes on and tries to find the best version of themselves. And today's no different. We got an amazing guest. He's pushing the envelope everywhere. Christopher McQueen, producer in Hollywood. He's worked on uh, Nailed It on Netflix. I've worked with him at Disney's Magic Bake Off on Disney+. Plus. Master Chef Junior on Fox. He's done Stand Up to Cancer, The Price is Right on CBS. He's also the the one of the producers on High Power, the short film, which you guys will be seeing oh so soon everywhere. Keep up with him on Instagram at Simba's All Grown Up. That's Simba's with a Z, S-I-M-B-A-Z, All Grown Up on Instagram. Great conversation, man. It's really just three friends Black men catching up about family. Pleasant. Very funny, if you will. We got a great episode, man. We got me and Ralph's intro coming up. Welcome to High Power. Yesterday, all right. I was just taking a walk in a uh, like Lamert Park View Park, just walking around, just you know, trying to clear my head. The main reason I'm telling this story is because I ran into another young black man just walking, taking a walk himself in View Park. We gave each other the nod, obviously, just to be like, "What's up?" Um, and then this dude just we just started being like, "Yo, where are you from? Where are you live around here?" Blah blah blah. And then he showed me that the the Baldwin Hills uh, Farmer's Market. Yeah. You know how it, it was gone for a long time? It used to be at the Crenshaw Mall right outside on Saturday mornings. Yeah. It's been gone for the last like three or four years because I think it was pandemic, a bunch of other stuff. Mm-hmm. It's back. I didn't know. He showed me they moved it. It's on 57th and Crenshaw. So Saturdays from 10 to 3, uh, it's black vendors, farmers, like – they make in food. It's obviously other people of color there too, yeah. you know, um, Hispanic folks uh, selling produce and things like that. It'd be, but it's it's uh, Saturdays from ten to three. People just be showing up. They sell kettle corn. I had like a fresh chicken tamale. Like they got hot, you know, hot coffee, hot and cool has a booth out there selling coffee. Okay. Um, so anyway, shout out. I just want people to know that like the shit is back. Saturday mornings, ten to three. Baldwin Hills. Baldwin Hills, like 57th and Crenshaw. Um, so go. You're not, like, we're so fucking busy, yeah, bro. Like, yeah, and of yeah. all the other bullshit. So it's like, when we have the luxury to slow down and kind of, like, see the details of Earth and life, mm-hmm. you're just like, I don't think you can do that normal with it. It would take you till you're, like, 80 mm-hmm. to realize, like, oh, life is good when you look, look at this tree. I don't want to be my grandfather's age when I'm realizing trees are powerful as fuck. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And I feel like that's how I feel. I have a hard time though switching between those modes, like because I feel like I enjoy working, I enjoy what I do, mm-hmm. and I enjoy. I do enjoy playtime too. Like I like to, you know, be silly and you know. But I have a hard time. I think especially I don't know how you are with this, but like I have to unplug from. Because what it basically is, is like unplugging from everything societal structure, yeah. capitalism. Like, to go... 
I, li- I like taking walks, mm-hmm. right? But even sometimes on my walks, I'll come to a realization that I I needed to come to. I needed this time with myself. Yeah. But it'll also be like, ah, oh, fuck. I just realized something that still, when I get back and clock into capitalism and who I am on the grid, mm-hmm. I still use this time to think about things that only exist in that capitalist system. So yeah. like, yeah, it's it fucks with me because I'm like, I know I'm, I know that I, I think I said this to myself on the balcony yesterday. I was just thinking, try, you know, my Saturdays I try to I, like. I love when you mention your balcony because I know you do a lot of. I be thinking. Of, if you smoke cigarettes, nigga, there'd be so many cigarette butts on They're that balcony, boy, because you be thinking, boy. <laughs> Go ahead. But I was thinking um, about. I know that I'm invaluable. I know that what is that called? Priceless. Mm-hmm. I know that everybody on this earth is technically priceless, right? Mm-hmm. But we live and we subscribe to this idea that how much are you worth? Oh, this celebrity's worth thirty million. Oh, he's worth ten million. Mm. Oh, he his how much is he worth? How much is she worth? How mm. much is she gonna do we think she's her time is worth to give her this Netflix special or, you know, their time on set, blah, blah, blah. And in middle of America, all that stuff. How much do you own? It's like we're equating our worth and value to this stuff that is like physical material kind of bullshit. Stuff that's going to be here, you know, for this temporary consciousness that whatever this level of existence is, this life, this human being life that we're living for the 75, 90 years, blah, blah, blah. But I was like, okay, I, though, am not any of that. Like we, you, Ralph, have a a value that nobody can like quantify. Mm-hmm. Everybody on this earth has a value that nobody's even clocking. Mm-hmm. And like, I have a hard time switching between knowing that mm-hmm. deep down, like literally knowing that I am, I'm worth more than even this current job that I'm writing for or producing for is paying me. Mm-hmm. But then also having a, like to have to switch between that and then clock back into that job, which I am doing tomorrow, and be like, shit, um, how do I not internalize that? How mm. do I not internalize the fact that this job is paying me this rate and I, like, and not feel like I'm being slighted or like, I don't know. Like I, I, I wonder how people deal with that because I think it's well. There's integration tools for that, you right? Know, like where you just like you take that. Yeah, I sound like on Joe Rogan podcast. There's integration tools for that, <laughs> but there is. I had to learn like because we, when you're in that state, in that mode of just like fuck the boundaries, fuck all the societal norms and all that shit, because mm-hmm. you're in you. That's when you like when you go back into society. You're supposed to like. Accept what's going yeah, on, but yeah. also like bring carry that carry you. that, yeah. Because every time I take a psychedelic or I, it's not like I'm like whoa, goodly. Like I honestly be like, yo, this is time now to like do a guided meditation. Let's listen to frequencies. Let's listen to noise. Like tap in. And, like that's why I be like trying to. Because sometimes you take drugs and God's gonna talk to you before you even before want him you're to. Ready. So I be like, yo, let me meet him. Let me let me talk to God first so I can have fun at least a little bit. Yeah. So I'll be like, I really be in there. Sometimes I'll be crying because I'm realizing like, oh, damn, I'm holding so much. Our bodies are tired. We need a release. Like mm-hmm. there's certain things like that's why I say it's like a helpful tool. Like these, I'm not saying like, go do drugs or you're lame. I'm just like, nah, but there's some kind of release in our bodies naturally that we need to tap into mm-hmm. or else we didn't we mm-hmm. didn't fully become the human experience. Mm-hmm. You know, like we. We just sat here. Sometimes you don't even realize you're a soul until you take these drugs. Like, mm-hmm. oh shit! Like, mm-hmm. this is flesh. Mm-hmm. I'm infinite. Like, and you're part of something you're bigger. bigger than, you're so small on this yeah, earth. This yeah. is you're like a crumb on a table. Like, yeah, you know. So like, yeah. you have to humble yourself, but also realize you're great as fuck. Mm-hmm, like, you're mm-hmm. a blessing. Like, on you're a part of. It's like thinking about. I remember <sighs> the first time I learned like the thought of the waves of like be like each of us. If you think about death or your existence before you were born, right? Everybody who dies becomes a part of, they go back to the dust, yeah. right? Everybody goes back to once from whence they came is the, the, the thought in kind of a lot of Buddhist practices. But it's like, I'll never forget learning that metaphor of like each of us is a wave in the ocean. You're a wave for this amount of time, right? Mm-hmm. You're a wave coming towards 
the shore and then when you crash are you still the wave or were you the ocean the whole time you know what i mean you're just going back Sheesh. to where you from once you were yeah, yeah, from yeah. once you just were yeah like, you're always a part of the ocean Sheesh. so like we stress about being a wave and like trying to every one of us are walking around being like am i using am i being the wave i'm supposed to be yeah yeah, yeah. and then it's like yeah somehow you're gonna go back to being in the ocean like so we're all like a part of it all of it matters everything that you say or do or that you contribute all your energy matters yeah because you're always a part of it but we just get so distracted i kind of blew my mind a little bit bro i ain't gonna hold you bro. i was like <laughs> shit like yeah that's i've read a couple little, you know little all right books. i see you you fucking deep with it nigga like <laughs> I was like, damn, like hell yeah. But I just said that's a that's a it's an interesting space and we could talk forever about it because it's just like it's one of those things like I think like my mission is shallow as it is. I'm just like, yo, I want black people to talk about psychedelics more. Mm-hmm. Like I'm tired of learning that shit from white people, bro. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Our experience is different. Yeah. Like if I gotta be the forefront for that, I will. Like I'm just like, yo, let's do these drugs and let's talk about it. <laughs> let's talk about like, it. Like I'm not saying like go fucking because everyone has the the tendency of like black people like, oh you can't mm-hmm. do that crack people cracking people shit. Oh that's crack. That's that's drugs, bro. That's shit gonna make you lose your mind. Like we're losing our mind already. Mm-hmm. We are already losing our mind. So let's have a little color with it. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Let's have a little fun. Which let's, is let's... where that's where psychedelic music came from, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It was like black artists kind of rejecting. The images, the black exploitation that mm-hmm. was happening in the seventies and all that stuff, the sixties, it was kind of them rejecting. That's what black yeah they were oh shit yeah they I mean they were doing that at a point like nigga you see all those bands back in the day where it was like twenty niggas on stage dressed in costumes yeah you bro, can't they tell me they weren't fucking psyched but it was a different kind of black though you know what I'm saying like yeah. like they had to be the artists and so the mass black people were just like. They crazy, but their music good. Yeah, yeah. But they crazy. But they had to do that. They had to do that they though. Jimi Hendrix had to go all the way to London to realize, like, oh shit, nigga, like, right. if I do these drugs, bro, I can make this shit sound a little what? Like, yeah. a lot of y'all need a release. Yeah. A lot of y'all are tired, and you don't know you're tired. You just bro, keep going. Young and tired. Young and tired. Y'all twenty six, twenty seven, tired. tired. <laughs> I'm like, yo, what the fuck? But you should check out our guest, Chris McQueen. Yeah. He is a producer in L.A., also a L.A. native, straight out of Compton. Straight Beautiful Compton. interview where he talks about family, love, connecting with people, and lack of connection and how mm-hmm. we should improve on that. Um, I think you guys are going to be really entertained. Uh, this young man is coming up in all all parts of the industry, so you guys can check him out in front or behind the camera. He said he could sing. I, I want to hear that. Yeah, I mean, we don't hear it on this interview. I, oh, I think we did a little bit. A little, a little bit. bit. Because we did talk about musicals. Yeah, yeah. Y'all oh. sang something. Uh, we sang rant. Act like you didn't yeah, sing yeah, it too, nigga. Did. Act like you rant. didn't sing it too, nigga. Everybody loves musicals out there. You're fucking lying if you don't. <laughs> yeah. Piece of shit. He's a fucking liar. Yeah. And you love musicals just like we do. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> so right after this commercial break, you'll hear uh, our wonderful interview with the great, also producer on High Power, the film, uh, but a producer in Hollywood, The Boy. Chris McQueen. You ever just wake up and go to your closet and you're like, I don't know what I'm gonna wear today, but I wanna feel like myself. Like I wanna feel dope. I wanna feel super charged. Like I'm a superhero putting on my uniform. You know where you need to go? Alert clothing brand. These guys are a young fashion company doing amazingly positive things. I mean, they have premium materials. They have t-shirts, hats, hoodies, and and all original designs with these creative sayings that just let you know that you are coming into your power as a human being. They, They try to really encourage everybody who's a part of their movement to enlighten themselves and stay vigilant on a journey of finding the best you. You know what I mean? You you, you want to feel like you you on your purpose, like you you confident, like you feeling self awareness and self development. So I need you to go ahead and get your fashion game up. Go to alert.com. That's a l l i r t dot com, and you can also keep up with them at alert brand on Instagram. And when you get to that website, I need you to do one thing for me. You got a discount code only from us at High Power Podcast. Go ahead and type in Power 
PowerPod on the checkout. All right, that's your code. Go ahead and type in PowerPod for an exclusive discount only from high power listeners. So go ahead and get into the best self that you possibly can with Alert Clothing Brand. All right, they are here to remind you that you are a God having a human experience. Alert.com. Yeah, a lot of serious dramas out there, bro. Yeah, <laughs> even comedies turn into dramas. You're like, what? Wait, 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 best man. Where's all the jokes at the end? Best man, final chapter. Why? Why did it get so serious? So Tay Diggs is a serious actor now, y'all. I gotta, I gotta check. Who? Uh, Tay Diggs. Who? Was he? Who? Yo, stop. <laughs> you need to relax, dog. You need to relax. Tay Diggs is a reality star host bro, you right seen now. All American. All American? Oh uh, no, I don't. I don't take him serious as an actor. Okay. I'm sorry. His no. best role is behind him, and that was Best Man. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. What oh, other? Well, I'm well, arguing with that. He's well, that's good, the though. best movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Brown Sugar. I'm saying he ruled Brown the '90s. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. He Brown ruled Sugar the was, '90s. So we 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 just gonna ignore the wood. The wood. The that's wood. what I'm saying. The wood that was, was good. He did. Yeah. And no. 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 Was the wood ninety nine? Yeah, it was. Like, it was like ninety nine. And then Brown Sugar was like oh two. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he was ninety two. His best days are behind. I saw a Hulu ad with Tay Diggs, and he's doing <laughs> a, a, like a reality show with like old ladies that are dating young guys because it's oh, a, based off the, the Stella Milk got House the group. Or yeah, Milf Island or some oh. shit like that. Yeah. I, so I was just like, oh shit, not, this I'm is an even. esteemed actor, Tay Diggs. Yeah. This is a steamed actor. T- well, he did Broadway. I respect him. I respect his career. Yeah. But don't, I can't take him serious now, bro. <laughs> like, I, Do y'all see him? Because he hosted Milf Island? Huh? Because he hosted Milf Island? It's just a lot of things, bro. I, I actually seen... I saw Tay Diggs one time like at a restaurant way mm-hmm. five years ago, maybe three, mm-hmm. four years. And it was just like, you get to see, this is the guy that ruled like the 90s black era, dog. Mm-hmm. And I was just looking at him. I was just like... This can't be the same guy, dog. Like, every girl was, like, fawning off him. He was wearing, like, lugs. And I was like, no one has wore lugs in years. And (laughs) you found the only pair. Like, and, like, I don't know. There's something. He's an actor. I feel like he's an actor for sure. Would you say that when you saw Tay Diggs in person, in real life, did you get more the Tay Diggs from The Wood or did you get more Tay Diggs from Malibu's Most Wanted? Yeah, Malibu mo- Most Wanted Tay okay. Diggs. Like, oh. it was just like, oh, shit, I forgot he was in that movie. But that's, <laughs> that's I think that's about. him. Actor, yeah. it like, like, that is him. Tay Diggs and Malibu's yeah, Most yeah, I that, really think that that's is, him. Like, right, that is funny. him. Yeah. So, yeah, I was just like, all right. And then I see him sit on the gram and I'm like, this can't be that, like, you don't see Morris Chestnut doing some Tay Dick shit. Hey, nigga, but that. you also don't see Morris Chestnut doing nothing. Oh, That's true. Shit. Damn. I'd rather be relevant Damn. and weird than, Damn. than irrelevant. Damn, cool. dog. <laughs> you're absolutely right, dog. Yo, Tay Diggs, no disrespect, man. Come on the podcast, bro. Oh, God. We'll talk about it, bro. There's a lot to talk about. You ruled the night. Hey, I love you, Tay Diggs. If I ever meet you. I do too. And you still great. in shape. Yeah, he's still when in shape. He, yeah, he is. He was good to work with too. I worked with you him. Worked on, with him? I worked with him on Drop the Mic. He was he was one of the most fun people we had on set, I think. He was he was funny. He was cool with the crew. Uh what are you up to right now, Chris? Yeah, I just started a new show. Um we're filming out of town, going to Atlanta for the first time. Never been to Georgia. You've never been to Atlanta, Georgia. I'm from LA, bro. Like oh, there's, you from there's LA. enough black people here. Okay. Like, you know, like I we travel, but when I travel, I'm trying to travel. I'm I trying feel to like see the everybody Black has some kind of family down there. You have no family. In I have Georgia? my my family's from the south. They just not from Georgia. Like okay, they all okay. from Texas or New Orleans or something okay, like that. Okay, okay. And, you know, it's like a couple generations back. Yeah. But like you know, when I go to the south, I've been to Texas. I just mm-hmm. went to New Orleans for the first time. That that city's amazing. Dude, I'm going back. If we want to go together, amazing. I'm down for a group I'd trip. Be super down for that. Have you ever been to New Orleans? I have. Man. Last couple, yeah, a couple years ago. It was so much fun. I haven't been yet. Let's go around. Food, I'm down. dude. The it's food. I mean, the food and the music. To me, New Orleans, when I said this to my girl, like the, within a week, we stayed there for like maybe six or so days or something. Within a few days, I was like, this is Vegas with culture. Yeah. Like, I just bought a house. So I'm like, gotta go where the work is. Yeah. Congrats Sometimes. on buying the house, though. Thanks. Bought yeah. it in Vegas. 
Oh, so really? If we ever want to do something? Mm-hmm. Say, hey, let's head to Vegas. <laughs> oh. It's the Vegas of Vegas. It's that's that <laughs> Vegas is the Vegas. I've of been Vegas. to Vegas with this guy. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, New Orleans. When you go, it's a yeah. I, it's I a go. great time, man. I gotta go. Yeah. I think you would love it for the music. Yeah. All right. The food is nuts too. The food is great. I mean, almost like I knew if I was vegan, I would turn it off if I was in New Orleans. Like that's how good the food is. Yeah. Some things you just gotta turn off. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's when I know it's just like nothing's real. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you just that, turn it on and off. You can just turn it off. It ain't that real. It ain't that it, it, it ain't that it ain't that real, fam. Like you're gonna smell something good, you're hungry, you're gonna be like Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. Body just prepare. Mm. Yeah. The crazy yeah. thing about New Orleans food that I'll give it is that like you know what to expect going there. It's not like it's like you go to New Orleans, you're like, oh, I wonder what they make. You know what they make. They mm-hmm. make Cajun food and they make mm. beignets Pole and stuff boys. like that. And you go there and you try it and you're like, Oh shit, no, this is why this is famous. Mm. Yeah. Like I I had high expectations of what you do good and you met them. You passed I'm wow, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. I had a beignet and I was like, I don't even like beignets. I've yeah. only ever had the beignets from Disneyland. Yeah. And I'm like, that's just a lot of sugar and dough. Like, yeah, I don't really right. need that. I went to Cafe Du Monde, sat down, yeah. got a beignet, was like, this is probably going to be good because it's an experience, but I don't really fuck with beignets like that. Took a bite. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is what it's supposed to be like. Uh-huh. Got it. Yeah. Oh, this a beignet. <laughs> beignet, Ooh. baby. Hey, this a beignet. Like, that nigga eating a beignet. Like, I get it now. <laughs> I done seen the light. Finally. <laughs> Jesus is real. I ain't going back to Disneyland with that fake ass beignet. <laughs> that shit out of here. You're not wrong, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's that- crazy, though. So you're from L.A. and you don't really... Where's the furthest you've been? Have you gone like any I travel. international like, don't, trips? Don't get me wrong. I travel. I love to travel. I've done a lot of stuff. I just... I traveled a lot as a kid for sports, okay. and those were like to like the near, like you know, the nearby states like Arizona, Vegas, mm-hmm. Oregon. What, uh, what were you playing? Uh, when I first really started traveling, I did martial arts a lot, so it wasn't really a team sport. It's oh, just me. Wow. oh shit! But um, so you were just like choking other kids out. I wasn't choking other kids out, we, but I, I punched a nigga or two. Okay, well yeah, 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 yeah. I kicked, I kicked four five people. Yeah. Okay, in the chest. In the in the face and then chest. Wow! All right. How does it feel to kick someone in the (laughs) in the chest? Yeah, it feel good. Oh, like it feel like the movies you see where somebody come in and they like hands in the front and they like rip them towards the back and just like push. Yeah, it feel like that. I heard someone got kicked in like he was doing training and he got kicked in the chest. Like I've heard that side, and he was just like, bro, it was a training. Like he was just doing MMA and it was just like. He got kicked in the chest. He's like, I've never felt like that, and I don't ever want to feel like that Mm-mm. ever again. Because it's just like that Doctor Strange shit, nigga. Yeah, like, like where you your soul leave your, your body. body yeah. dog. Like it's a whole <laughs> different feeling to get the wind, like not just like kind of knocked out of you, but like completely knocked out <laughs> yeah, of you. Yeah, yeah. And you gotta like reset. <laughs> like, yeah, just, you choking give him room. Soul. Give him room. <laughs> yeah, nah, it's it's, it's, it's like crazy. a baby being born again. Let him catch it. Ah, he has to do it himself. <laughs> the only way to learn is live or die. <laughs> Survival of the fittest. Let him die. He's got to know. He's got to know. If he death. can't breathe, he don't deserve to live. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> And that's why he's the greatest kung fu master of all time. <laughs> Three kids died under this guy. But seventeen, lives. seventeen live, and that's why everybody wants to <laughs> train under him. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Can I survive? No, it really be like that because, like, my my martial arts instructor, he was intense. Like, I wanted to quit when I was yeah. a kid because he was he was like the the epitome of tough love. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. he was like, you're here to defend yourself mm-hmm. and people aren't going to give a fuck about your feelings if they're trying to hurt you. And I'm not teaching you to be fancy. I'm teaching you to defend yourself, to defend your family. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to be nice to you when I'm teaching you. But he's like a, he's like a father to me. Like, you know, yeah. like I still talk to him today. I saw him like last week mm-hmm. and I don't train anymore, but I was scared of him. I was mm-hmm. legit scared of this man. I'm scared of him now. From what ages were you doing this? I started at like five and I stopped at like 16 because I wanted wow. to play football. So you still got a lot of that in you. I mean, you could rip it. You could. You I mean, I, I won't to? say I, I'm not flexible no more. I okay. can't. I need to stretch and I need to go to the gym <laughs> with some with some regularity. Okay. But, you know, if I had to, I, I like to tell myself that I could do what I need yeah, to do. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm I sure got we... a couple trophies on the wall, so I feel good about myself. Okay. That's all I need. OK. Damn, you know, five burr, to sixteen—that's that's a long time. Eleven yeah. years, damn. Yeah, mm. bro. 
So what got you into martial arts? You were just like. My parents put me in. I mean, you know, I'm from LA and running around crazy city trying to do mm-hmm. stuff. I was active, like I had a lot of energy and what I had already played LA sports. Were you? I was born in Compton. Born in Compton. Born and raised in Compton. Yeah. My grandparents still live in Compton. My mom still lives right out of right right outside of Compton. Yeah. Um my dad's uh my dad's family still has a house in Compton, like two minutes mm-hmm. from my mom's side of the grandparents. So they was like everybody was close. So most everybody's mostly still kind of there. The Compton. the core group, yeah. Yeah. It's always fascinating people who grew up here. Like, um, cause you and you're in the industry, so that's even another like did you like what was that? Did you kind of know you were gonna do that, or were you like, not in the way that it happened? But yeah, yeah I didn't know that I was gonna do anything. Like, yeah. I'm more of like a, I mean, you know me. Like, I'm I'm more of like a jack of all trades. Like, yeah. anything that is interesting is interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I'm not like a person that like, yo, that's interesting for you or whatever. Like, if it's actually intriguing, it's intriguing mm-hmm. to the brain. I'm intrigued by it. Mm-hmm. So like, I could be interested in anything. But when I was a kid, I watch tv like crazy my my parents were one of those parents or one of those groups of parents where they were like you getting a college degree mm-hmm. they grew up in that era where you still had to get a college degree there was no choice about it mm-hmm. it wasn't like they weren't gonna let me throw my life away because i was being lazy or something so i was like well what am i gonna do in college i spent like two years in college just fucking around because mm-hmm. i didn't know where'd what you to go do. to college northridge northridge cal state northridge okay okay yeah um so i spent like two years just doing nothing like just doing the GEs and mm-hmm. trying to understand what college was like and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then I figured, well, if I got to get a class or if I got to get a degree in something, it should be something I like. What do I like? Acting, I like TVs, I like movies. Mm-hmm. And I was like, don't nobody do anything with an acting degree. Yeah. Like Tay Diggs, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Tay Diggs again. Shout out uh, <laughs> But like, you know, I was like, I don't want a theater degree because what are you going to do with that? So I was like, let me learn how to be behind the camera and then maybe I can make my own stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was like the time where YouTube was popping off. Like mm-hmm. maybe I could start to direct stuff and act in it, like potentially. Yeah. And then I just ended up in the business after that. Yeah. Oh man. So in a long roundabout way, I always knew I wanted to be in the business, just not the way I am. Yeah. But I appreciate the way that I am. College is whatever. Like the degree wasn't that great, but the degree put me in a in a. What did you get the path. degree in? Is it in? It was in like what's what's it called? Uh. Damn, what, I don't even know now. It's been so long. Not I'm communications old. or anything. It wasn't communications. It was CTVA. That's what we called it. CTVA? CTVA, Cinema Television Arts. Okay, okay. That sounds legit more than communications. CTVA. But it doesn't it mean communication. Yeah. It does sound like <laughs> Well, we also had communications. That's why they just okay. separated it. Uh, oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay. Communications yeah. was just the people that talk. You know, we make TV. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, communication, bro, low-key, though. Like, a lot of people make fun of that major. Yeah. But it's actually an essential major, oh, though. Yeah, like, it's sure. very essential. Like, people, it's like a biggest joke. Like, oh, what you major in communication? But it's just like, laws are written based off how people know how to communicate. Like, how mm-hmm. policies are created. I, mm-hmm. I, was that communication major? Of course. Of course, uh, <laughs> of course I was. <laughs> Was I falling asleep in some classes? Yes. I was like, what is this? Like, you know, like, I was just like, white people talking. That's what I was. But, like. That's most classes, though. Yeah, it was, bro. It really was. You know. Shout out to communication majors out there. Y'all <laughs> oh, get a yeah. lot of, like, parents look Y'all at you do. funny. Everybody yeah. looks at you funny when you, like, you got to think of a minor that's, like, <laughs> equate. Like, oh, yeah, but I'm minoring in chemistry. But, like, nigga. <laughs> I'm minoring in world studies. I'm, <laughs> minoring, I'm minoring in Spanish government. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you got to do some shit like yeah, that. yeah. yeah. For all of us, we might be the last of, like, those kind of generations where, like, your parents, like, my parents definitely did stuff that their parents didn't do. Mm -hmm. And there was a clear drop-off of where my parents, like, not lives stopped, because they definitely still lived lives, and they helped me live an amazing life. Like, shout-out to my parents. I love them. Mm -hmm. But, like, they definitely had a point where you could tell their information, their experience, their knowledge it was like black. It was like an unexplored part of a video game map. It was like they didn't go there. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. They're yeah. like, you go there. You, I want you to get out there because mm-hmm. they had never been there. And college was one of those things. It was like, all right, cool. High school's here. In my life, I went to work. I, I mm-hmm. thought about going to college. I tried. My mom went to college and then she ended up having to work and do mm-hmm. some other stuff because, you know, life got in the way. So mm-hmm. then she was like, you going to college. And then from there, you figure it out. And then you can tell your, your kids where you left off and let them continue. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, a lot of us are probably like the last generation of that. Like a lot of parents are going to college now or a lot of parents are just like, you do whatever you want to do or like yeah. changing. And I feel like mm-hmm. we're kind of like the last guard 
of like that generation of kids, like where we understand that, like that your parents really just want you to explore the shit that they never explored. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some shit. I don't think they want you to explore arts ever. <laughs> Something. Like my immigrants don't want you to like, they don't oh, want not you. not the arts. Yeah. Not the arts. You're like, that's like, you might as well just say you major in communication. When you're like, <laughs> <laughs> don't say theater, bro. Don't say theater. No, don't say no. music. Like, they'd be like, nah. What are you going Because they invested. Do? They spent money. Like, yeah, you know. And they're like, and they do. Like, they, yeah. like, and you have like this guilt, like, damn, like they sacrificed so much. And then you know you hang out with a one white boy, and they they switch your mentality like this. Oh yeah, they'd be like, "Dude, you gotta like, you can't be guilty about your choices. You gotta like, you gotta." Under- Actually, he was from Detroit, so he didn't sound like that, but he was like a, a real ass white boy. Like he was just yeah. like, honestly, bro, like they brought you into this world, and now it's up to you to live. Like it's mm-hmm. not like the choices you make are your choices now. Mm-hmm. Like they raised you, but. You can't just be living for them. You got to live yeah. for you. Yeah. And I was just like, you're absolutely right. But it just took that, like, because you're like, damn, I'm really going to school because my parents want me to go to school. Yeah. You're not really going I to school. I like, second grade. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. For my, at least, college uh, education, I think it was helpful to me because we had, like, simulations of being on set. We made shows. We were required mm-hmm. to make shows, to write stuff, to film stuff on our own. We were required to shoot, like, like multicam, we were required to shoot single cam. We were mm-hmm. required to like do documentaries to learn how to do music, to learn how to edit and stuff like that. So like it helped for all of those things. There was degrees in CTVA, like the the film majors mm-hmm. at my school never got on set. Like in school, mm. it was all like theoretical. It was like this oh, is how you no. should shoot shit. No, this is no, how no, you. No, 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 and they would always be like, we should have just took TV with you guys because wow. you guys actually did it. And they just learned about it. Talked about it. Yeah. yeah. That was, what is that? Like, that happened at my college, too. There was, like, a weird little TV gang over here, and the film kids are Hey, we here. love our film guys. You know, all the CTVA, CSUN students, <laughs> you know, from film, I still love y'all. Let's we go do something. We love film kids. Like, we love Tay Diggs around here. Yeah, we, you know. We love you. and you We love you, but you could be better. <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> Not, that, that wasn't for you, Tay Diggs. No, no, no. no. Yeah. That's... For the film kids. Do you like, do you find yourself like, I feel like whenever we're on, because me and Chris have worked together on a few shows, uh, but I'm just curious, like when you work on a show, do you find yourself like s- sort of getting, kind of studying any older, do you have any mentors? Like I feel like I'm, yeah. every time I'm on a show and I see like an older black producer, I'm just watching how they're doing what they're doing. Do you feel like that? I, I do feel like that. And I used to do it a lot more, but I do it less now because I feel like I have mentors. Mm-hmm. Ironically, I don't think any of them are black at the time. Okay. Or right now. Yeah. But I do have mentors like T. T. Oh T my put God. me under her wing and literally, I, T made my career. Like half of the people that I work with now are co- like I'm connected through through T or T put me on a show that connected me to them. Mm-hmm. Like Kim and all these yeah, other like, yeah. you know, like without T, I wouldn't have a career. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, love. and then I feel like I have another mentor like on another side who always keeps me working. But he's great and he always used to keep me like active and engaged and be like, hey, follow up with people, text people. Mm-hmm. You don't text me, so I know you don't text other people. Mm-hmm. And you gotta be on people's mind because like you're a freelance, if they people don't think about you, then you mm-hmm. don't exist. <laughs> yeah. You know? So he'd be like, follow up with people. Do you feel like mentors come to you out of nowhere or you attract how do you feel like you attracted these mentors i feel like it's it's a little bit of everything like i feel like the universe works how it wants to work the universe works that's the only thing we know for certain is the universe works Mm. i don't know if it works in mysterious ways obvious ways if it's (laughs) clear if it's confusing if it has an overarching plan or if it's just living in the moment all i know is it works email people ask Mm -hmm. like if you want something ask for it and I know that from like, you know, black people saying closed mouths don't get fed. Mm-hmm. But you also learn to keep your mouth closed, even though you know closed mouths don't get fed. Mm-hmm. Like they teach you both lessons yeah. and you, yeah. you got to figure That's out what, when to do yo, it. Yo, yo, that, that mm. is a true fact. Yeah. Yo. They tell you to speak up, but they want you to shut the fuck up when they want you to shut the fuck up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like I started asking people and talking to people and the mentors appeared and they didn't have to be. It wasn't like they appeared to be a mentor. They appeared and then turned into a mentor. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I like attracted it or if they sought me out or if I manifested them or mm-hmm. if it was serendipity or what it was. Mm-hmm. But 
it worked and I'm happy it worked. Now I I can't believe you know what? Before we continue continue yeah. this, let's just shout out to all of us being young black men here talking about having a successor, talking about potentially having a legacy to even pass on to anybody. Amen. Mm. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, man. I was thinking about that. You know, I'm thinking about that now. Like I was just like I was about to put a post like Three black men thriving, talking high level conversation type shit. Cause this yeah, shit real out this here. This didn't exist. Like I yeah. wish this is. I mm-hmm. wish people had the kind of conversations that we have with active use of the word nigga when I was a kid. <laughs> like yeah, the kind of highbrow, yeah, yeah. high like level thought. You know, just cerebral mm-hmm. kind of conversations. But just use nigga, cause you know that that just makes it approachable <laughs> it makes it a for everybody. Bit of a home mm-hmm. environment. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if you like that nigga and then you say something real intellectual, I feel like that's real approachable for everybody. Yeah. People can understand that. I mean, you know? yeah, but back yeah. to your point. No, that is. That's that, kind of I mean, it's true. I mean, I, I think it opens the gate for both sides, you know? I mean, people like to hear that word nigga, bro. I'm telling hey, you. Hey, man, it's a good word. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great word. You know what? It came <laughs> from something horrible. Word. It is a horrible, horrible. Horrible beginning. Horrible beginning. But great it has finish. turned into something amazing. Great. Bro, the During PR half-time. spin on that nigga word is amazing. And it is really all black. It, it is an all black PR spin. We spun that shit and we have turned it into probably one of the most profitable words. Mm-hmm. So what are you what are you watching now? Does TV still interest you? Or you I watch- still love TV. Okay. I just watched White Noise. I was going to bring up White Noise. If there was ever a I don't know what to think about that movie. Yeah. I started it because people said it was good. And then I was just like, I get get what is, maybe I started it late. I started it late night. What'd you think? I loved it. Yeah. I would, disclaimer. Okay. I was coming off a very fun weekend. I think it was New Year's weekend Uh at my house in Vegas with my wife. Her family was out there. My little brother was out there. We turned up for New Year's. We was in Vegas on New Year's Eve. I had never done that before. Oh, my goodness. Had an amazing time. The whole house cleared out of people. Had, like, some time left over me and just the wife. Mm-hmm. High as hell. Mm-hmm. Put on white noise. Let's watch this. It's, wow. it's in the little ad. Mm-hmm. High as hell. The first five minutes, I'm like, bro, I paused it. In the first 10 minutes, I was like, okay, my brain is overwhelmed. It's, yeah. They fed too much information. Yeah. Like, quickly. Quick. Quick, quick. And... It was good though, like they did it intentionally. So I was just like, I just needed a second. Mm-hmm. From then on in, I was in love. That movie mm-hmm. was amazing. Yeah. Um, Adam Driver, his his character, his performance was amazing. Mm-hmm. Don Cheadle, stellar. Yeah. Don Cheadle forever never misses. Never. Has, no. has not missed once he's in his great. life. I don't he's think so. Underrated. I don't. Also. I don't think he's ever missed. But, but I still feel like he's under the radar. I, don't, I feel like he is, which is disrespectful, yeah. but I don't underrate him. So when people say that, I'd be like, nah, he's not. But that's just because it's me personally. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, yeah. he's on the pedestal. Well, I think yeah. he's like, people don't go, that's what it is. He doesn't have a uh, necessarily a quickly translatable draw. Like nobody goes, I'm going to go see the new Don Cheadle movie. You know what it is? I think it's because, not to say that he's not this, what I'm about to say, because if circumstances allowed i would agree with what i'm about to say mm-hmm. but he not fuckable mm-hmm. or he's not marketed as fuckable. right, That's right, what, right i right, think right. don Cheadle in the suit is stunning yeah yeah mm-hmm. but ain't like if you said if you put a poster yeah, of don yeah. Cheadle in a nice suit or denzel washington in a suit denzel right. washington don't even look that good no more but people are still fawn over him just because he's yeah. denzel like his yeah. name brings fuckability did you know his uh did you know he pronounces it denzel Yes, yeah, that's, that's a problem. Did that's you know that that ain't no way. That's bro. minus three on his fuckability score. I swear score. to God, ain't no way, bro. He said it in a <laughs> recent, no way. recent interview. He, <laughs> he was did like, not say that. It's actually Denzel. Yeah, that's not. That's and, not. But like niggas are like, nah, you Denzel, I'm out, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, he took his headphones yeah, off. He, he was like, that. I'm done. I don't. I don't know why. I don't. What really What did get you it. say? Denzel Washington said he Denzel. said in an interview. He corrected somebody. I don't remember where this is. Uh, but yeah, he corrected them and said it's actually Denzel, but I just never said anything. Denzel, Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington. Denzel. Hey man, it, it's easier to say. You know, you don't gotta you don't Denzel. gotta take four hours to say it's not Denzel. Denzel. You know, yeah. you just get done with but the word. Everyone loves like, saying Denzel. With, like, I know, right? You Denzel. gotta really enunciate the L. Yeah. yeah. Denzel. I mean, Denzel's such. A, I feel like he went to a theater class, and they were just like, you know, it's actually Denzel. Tay Diggs taught him that. <laughs> yeah, bro, bro. <laughs> Denzel, Denzel, yo. come for. Yeah, yeah, yo. <laughs> the queen has Tay Diggs requested that, your presence. Damn, that's 
But yeah, man, I feel like this whole world changing into something else. <laughs> it's bro. something else, bro. Everybody have you noticed? I, I swear to God, I thought about this in the car the other day. I don't know why. I did notice, bro. Like twenty, the twenty twenties changed what I think being a black everything. The pandemic changed a lot of shit. Mm. But I notice how different it is to be a black man on Earth, especially in America, after twenty twenty, bro. I don't know, man. Something in like black male expression the rules changed i think we changed them let's let's be honest about that i think black men changed them young black men mm-hmm. middle-aged black men even old black men but not so much the old black men not because mm-hmm. they old but and just I'll because they do change they do. the rules i don't think i think we did it's not changing I, I don't feel like black men didn't change i feel like we have more freedom to express now mm-hmm. that's what i'm saying i think oh, yeah. we decided like you said with like when young black people meet their first white person and the white person's like, yo, this is your life. You live it. Don't live for them. Don't live for these people. And you like, oh, shit, that makes sense. And you'd be like, fuck it. If I want to wear a this, if I want to wear a that, if I want to do this, if I want to mm-hmm. say this, if I want to act like this, if I want to mm-hmm. like make this music, if I want to wear heels, if I want to mm-hmm. do this, I'm going to do it. It's my life. Mm-hmm. And I feel like even I feel like black people or young black people, men, women, all of them, there was a point where people still didn't want you to do that, and we mm-hmm. just said we don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. We had enough white friends hyping us up to be like, <laughs> we just gonna we just gonna do what the fuck we want to do. Mm-hmm. And then there was enough other black people finally that supported it, and then you had black people hyping you up. Mm-hmm. Imagine being a young black person that can do whatever you want, mm-hmm. and you don't just got the white people you don't know on your side. You got yeah. niggas on your side. Yeah, yeah. You got like real niggas. Like, hey, if you want to do that shit, do that shit. Yeah. That's very, very true. It's very powerful. Yeah. I feel like the spectrum of blackness opened up in like 2010-ish. Tw- oh, yeah. Like late 2010s, early 20s. Like mm-hmm. opened up like we are no longer this kind of black. You know when people are like, you ain't black? Because yeah. mm-hmm. you would be like, that's stupid. Yeah. I am black. Like, you know, it'd be ignorant to say you ain't black no more. Like yeah. when you're doing something that's not traditionally black. Yeah. Which that's that doesn't exist anymore. There's no right. tradition that we do. I'm saying, like, as far as, like, how we express ourselves, what music we listen to. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, you know, you listen to Blink-182, like, there's I a whole, Blink like, 182. see love how you can, you can say how you can feel that now, yeah. you can say that now, but back in the day, it was just like, like you, you wouldn't say that shit. You wouldn't say that shit out loud, but you go to karaoke bars, and you see black people just really just singing. Oh, bro, you be out there singing songs. all type of bohemian rap. Yeah, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. Yo, that, and it's beautiful <laughs> to see now open, because it's... I don't know if because we live in L.A., there's a certain amount of openness of blackness we accept. My dad was an amazing person. He loved kids. He took care of kids. I made a bunch of friends. Mm -hmm. So all my friends called my dad dad. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some of them didn't have dads. Mm-hmm. And he was like, they sometimes was treating this nigga like a dad more than I. I was like, bro, get out of my face. I'm tired of talking to you. And they were like, hey, you respect that man. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> that is your father. Yeah. That is That's our a, father. Some people don't have <laughs> you know, You know how lucky it is you have a dad here? <laughs> you know how lucky it is? You're like, shut the fuck up, bro. <laughs> you take that nigga I, home then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I know this nigga. <laughs> he don't be acting that. like that all the time yeah. when y'all not around. Y'all calling him dad. I have to still call him Mr. <laughs> <laughs> nah, actually, you know, that's another thing. I I grew up in a way like I call my dad daddy from the time I was born to the time he passed and I was I'm a grown ass man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't give a fuck where we were in a crowded place <laughs> full of people. Daddy. <laughs> I don't give a shit. That's say what's love. if you want. I say like what you that. want. I don't care. But you know you got to say it in like a deep voice. You can't be like daddy. <laughs> no, nah, I'll be like that. My 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 fix to it was I would never say daddy. I would always say daddy. Uh, and I would I would say the A like I was cool like A like A daddy I would like you know get you. I was, daddy <laughs> that's how I got around it okay no, no no I just okay so this is gonna get deep really quick but I wanted to know how you guys identify with this because um, I have been having uh, conversations with my therapist that are getting and I'm sure they're gonna get even deeper I had to book another session with her soon but I realized how much of my life and she broke down broke this down to me. I have been, how much of my life I ended up designing after like trying to impress my dad and like me and her like broke down and and I realized that she was asking me like how do do I feel like my friends identify with that or even like 
the difference between black men and 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 white friends of mine. And I, I was like, when I broke it down to, her, I was like, if I look back at everybody who I think I've known in the past ten years, I think on a fundamental level, I think most of that behavior, white, black, no matter the class, race, whatever, I think most of that shit was like them trying to impress their dads. Me, I think being the younger male in the house and then measuring up whatever my idea of my existence was against my older brother and against my dad. But I wonder, have y'all ever like thought about that? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I don't think I, now, no. Yeah. I don't think it's like, they're like, you know, there's a book I read, um, but it's like about like, the powers like how to tap into your like masculinity and feminine energy mm-hmm. like and how to deal with both right and they would just say the only the only way to really survive in this world if you kill off your dad mm-hmm. like you have to kill off the ideas you learned you have to kill like not saying like everything is trash that they taught you but it's just mm-hmm. like you got to really know how to think for yourself like mm-hmm. you know like how to like cuz his ideologies come from something else yeah you know what i mean so if you know how to like kill all of that like there's a point where i just re- maybe i design my life out of rebellion against my parents right right like right. sometimes that happens Absolutely. in a way like you know yeah. you're just that's like another, you know what they want me to do this i'm going to do this yeah you know and so your life kind of all of a sudden something's going to align you know what i mean where you do impress not you just impress yourself like you know at the end of the day that's what you're like damn i did it because at the end of the day like say you get something your parents are gonna be proud but really you're just like you're proud of yourself yeah like you're like damn i did this like you know they helped me now they say fuck them kids like yeah. fuck your parents for a while like no disrespect yeah like that's like no disrespect at all i love my parents and i love them but it's just like Dog, I gotta live this life. Right, yeah, you right. gotta become your own person. Yeah, you can't be your own person if you're being a mini them, and mm-hmm. mini anyone. Yeah, like you know, mm-hmm. like who are you serving any of this life for? You yeah. know, like not just your parents. Just like, are you living your life for your partner? Like, you know what I mean? Does your mm-hmm. partner know that you're just living life for her to make sure she's okay? Like, or that's them. not healthy. Or like, them. Or them. Or them. They. Them. Yeah. Are you living for your significant other? Are you living for your boss? Are you living like, mm-hmm. are you, because some people just like find these voids to live for instead mm-hmm. of really just going the fuck in. Like, mm-hmm. and just be like, oh, because it's confusing to like rattle out everybody's ideologies and your yeah. ideas and, and try to feel like, oh, oh, this is how I feel. Okay, I should move this way. And mm-hmm. instead, like, you're just like, nah, I'm moving this way because I guess this is where life is taking me. And it's hard to like be like, I can't live for you right now. Because mm-hmm. that person like that got used to you living for them is just like, well, why? What, what, right. What's going what on? What's, what, yeah, what's going yeah. on? It's just like, I have to do this. Like, I'm currently in that situation where I'm not, I decided not to live for anyone. I think I was planned, though. I had to ask my dad. I was like, okay. were we planned, dog? Like, because I, I had to ask, like, <laughs> you know, like, was that created out of love? Well, you know what I'm saying? Like, y'all got to know, like, were y'all, like, really doing it? Or were y'all just like, oh, fuck, shit, we got to handle this shit. Because that, that shit translates into That's, the body. Yeah, You know yeah. what I'm saying? That That's translates to the kid. Like, yeah. my mom's stressing out, nigga. Like, damn, I should have never done it with yeah, this nigga. Yeah, for nine like, months you, going, oops. <laughs> yeah, yo, exactly. And I'm sitting there yeah, like, no. hmm, do I really want to come out? <laughs> do I really want to come out to this shit? But, like, I asked, and my dad was like, yeah, I did want a kid. And I was like, okay, shit, then. All right, then I made I was made out of love, and I think yeah. how long so, you been married? Uh, it'll be it was just seven years, so it'll be eight years. Sheesh! Yeah. Wow. Sheesh. Wait, aren't you in your twenties? Twenty nine. Sheesh! Wow. wow. Yo, my nigga found love, love bro. bro. Yeah, I met her in high school, bro. Oh, really? Yeah. That was all from here. in high school. We dated in high school, yeah. Yeah, and you stayed together the whole time. You've been together. Not all of high school. We dated like at the back half of high school. Like uh-huh. we met, we met during the play. Uh, we did, we did Greece. Anytime Greece comes up, like in a conversation around people that we know, it's always like, "Hey, y'all gonna sing or some shit?" I'm like, "Bro, y'all don't chill. Y'all don't relax <laughs> your asses." Oh, shit, you were in the play. Yeah, I was Danny. She was Sandy. Wow, oh, a black Danny, y'all. Hey, for, for wow. Black, like, hey, wow, hey, wow. you know. <laughs> That's beautiful. Coming to NBC that. soon, <laughs> live. For I mean, for really NBC. love musicals. Wow. Hey man, musicals are low key fire. They they are. 
But like, if they do two less songs in a movie, I, I wouldn't be mad at it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah no, for sure. <laughs> I remember watching Rent, and I was like, because everyone was talking about this movie Rent, and it just came out in theaters and it came out on DVD. I majored myself here, so nigga, I put it in, not expecting anything. I was just like, let me just watch this movie, bro. Nigga got jumped. Find out he got AIDS and start yeah, singing. I was, was like, intense. nah, this ain't for me, fam. Like, I never took a movie out so fast out there. I was really? like, Did you nah. Ever finish it? I didn't finish it. Bro. Oh, I was just, shout out to Tate Diggs in that one. <laughs> <laughs> but I do know the song. 525,600 minutes. That shit hard. That shit hard. Hey. I do. Okay, I want to know how, when you met your girl... Was it like, did you know you were going to marry her? When did you know? No. We did the play together. Mm-hmm. I loved junior theater. Year? I loved junior plays. Year? Huh? Junior year of high school? Junior year, yeah. Okay. She's a year older than me because I skipped a grade. Okay. Um, mm. And at the time, like, she was she was just, I mean, she's still, she's so bad. Mm-hmm. But, like, at the time, I guess everybody was, like, trying to get her. Like at the time, yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. But it was so quiet because she was like a like a reserved kind of quiet person. She was like that girl in high school that everybody was like, she's pretty, but don't nobody talk to her because she don't talk to nobody. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. You know, so like the fact that like she was talking to me, everybody was trying to get at her. Some of my own homies that I like, I don't really fuck with like that, but like you know, we still cool, mm-hmm. but not because of that, just because just time, distance, whatever. But some of my own homies was trying to get at her like at that time, and she for some reason just liked me, mm-hmm. and from that day on. I tell everybody, like, if you're trying to find love, if you're trying to do this, stop looking so far into the future. Because I had been like, I'm never going to find love because I get tired of people Mm -hmm. so fast. I could never find somebody that could entertain me Mm -hmm. for a year, let alone the rest of my life. You know, Mm -hmm. never one day that I get tired of being with her. And that's that's why I know and still don't know that I'm supposed to spend the rest of my life with her. Hey, God, listen. I just want someone nice too. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to go back to high school, and I don't want to play Greece. So if you just say hey, someone, you, sing, no, you, you, you probably kill that shit. Bro, bro, singers are the worst. What is she a singer? She's a singer. Oh, wait, but you're not a singer though. I wanted to be a singer. It was like with me with acting. Yeah. I sing out of fun, and mm-hmm. I try to sing out of fun where I'm good. Like I'm like the nigga that's like in the group. I don't sing. I'm not gonna quote that I sing. I'm not gonna try and tell you that I'm a singer, yeah. but. If we all start singing, best believe I'm gonna try and make my voice heard. Like, okay. I'm not gonna just try okay. and. That's how I feel too. Like I'm gonna hit one run so you know I got it. Oh, you know, but I'm, okay. I'm not saying I do got it, but I'm gonna hit one run yeah. so just everybody so think know, I got it. Know, yeah. I hit the falsetto ever, and whenever I'm in doubt, I'll be like, that, "Let me that, hit that, that falsetto." Yeah. They'd be like, "Oh shit, this nigga can yeah. say." I'd be like, "Nah, you don't want to hear the bass. It's a little crackly." <laughs> but, uh, hey, you know, if you if you switch to country music, that that bass cracking. That's good. That's, that's a what, weapon. You should hear my music. It's all soul and like kind of kind of like no mm. fun being hungover. They be like, "What? Who is this guy?" <laughs> I love singing country music because it fits my voice so good. Like I be cracking my voice, but it's like a it's a tool that they yeah. use. Like they'll crack their voice as like, <laughs> like an emotion, play. and I be whipping that shit. I be, <laughs> like I, I be all over that bitch. I can't do that. I don't. Bro, think Sundays I, are try. for. I mean, at least in Florida, I used to listen to country music every Sunday. Yeah. That'd be like Christian music and country. That's how I was like, this country Sunday? music is better than niggas give it credit for. Yeah, bro, because they tell real stories. They tell real stories. Mm-hmm. They do. Crack open the beer on my porch, listening to you drive away. You be like, oh <laughs> shit, nigga, what, what's up, Damn, bro? Like, why bro. she driving away? She coming back? Like, <laughs> country is just like they gotta do a little lighter, like because it's just like they don't Maybe. have that. They don't have that oppression. Like oppression. Yeah. Oppression yeah. is a great thing to, and, lead, to, and, soul, to yeah. lead to great things. Like it's, it's a great art. It's a great art tool. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like if we were never broke as black people in America, we would never have hip hop. If we no. would never had projects, we would never have like you know graffiti on the wall. Like you yeah. know like because mm-hmm. we were so confined in one spot, we had to do something to express ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like like I just want to say this is not an excuse for you to keep oppressing us. Anybody? Who no, 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 no. It's not. That, I mean, people will take keep that. oppressing us. Pressure makes diamonds, but you don't get to yeah, choose what pressure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Now there's not yeah. like one pressure like the white man pressure. It's yeah. like, man, I got to pay bills. Pressure, yeah. like you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like. I think the South is the exact same. So black people and white people are so close. It's like that. It's like that uh, multiverse line. It's like the mm-hmm. the thread between mm-hmm. white people and black people. It's closest. You could reach through it in the <laughs> South. Like if that's where it unites. 
it's just that the South has such a negative connotation for us mm-hmm. that we refuse that. We're just like, nah, let's get the fuck away from that because mm-hmm. the South to us reminds us of them. Yeah. Sometimes in South Florida, like they'll be like, I I ain't gonna lie, bro. I've had two uh, two friends of mine just got murdered, mm-hmm. like yeah. like assassinated in their house type shit. Damn. Like bomb bomb. Like South Florida is dangerous. Yeah. But L.A. is like, y'all murder, y'all rob. Why y'all. you saying y'all? Damn. Nigga, L.A. Okay, my bad. Not everyone. Because L.A. natives nah, are so right. chill, nah, though. you're right. You're there's right. chill niggas, and there's niggas that are just active, bro. And they're, they and some niggas is both, and you don't know. Bro, you don't yeah. know. Like, we. that's how we got robbed here at the studio. Like, it was just like a chill L.A. guy, but he came in, bomb. I was like, dang. But it's just like, I talked to L.A. natives, and they're just like, got caught lacking. You caught slacking. Y'all I hate like, that. I was like, what? I hate that there's like a, a now a mental requirement for you to carry a gun to protect yourself. Like, it's your fault if you ain't got a gun to protect. Like, why? If you want my shit, honestly, I'll give it to you. Don't pull out the, why you got to end my life? Mm-hmm. Like, why you got to threaten to end my life? You don't need that. Mm-hmm. If you was bad, come out here, say, I want your shit. Challenge me one-on-one. To throw the gauntlet down. I'll fight you for it. Mm-hmm. I'll get my ass beat and walk home. Mm-hmm. But why you got to pull the gun out? Because now, if I say no, you have to shoot me. Mm-hmm. Or you have to threaten me, or mm-hmm. you have to make it known that you're gonna, you're willing to use the gun. Why? Why do you need that? We could fight. Niggas yeah. used to fight. All I know, I know niggas personally that would beat the dog shit out of somebody in a mm-hmm. fight. Yeah. And now they don't fight no more. They only use, they only carry guns. But it used to be about your hands. It used to be yeah. like I got hands. Right. Fuck right, with me right. if you want to. Mm-hmm. Now you don't. Nobody care if you got hands. I got yeah. an AR. What? Why? Do you really want to kill that many people? Like, Whoa. realistically? Anyways, you got to leave on a high note, though. We can't. We can't. I know, I know. I don't mean to yeah, wrap to up. Change the well, I did want to ask. Benets. Uh, uh, <laughs> Benets. Benets. Yeah, yeah. Benets. Benets. Uh, I did want to ask. <laughs> to anybody young that's listening, like, I don't, I don't think I thought of it when I was a kid that there are jobs as a producer. As somebody who is working and is a producer, like, what would you say to somebody who's like, doesn't even know that the, these jobs exist. We we live in an age of like endless information, but nobody's there to tell you what to do with it because you're on the computer, you're on your phone, right? So like, Google some shit that you want to do that you're interested in, figure it out, and then find people. Like, don't just Google information about it. If you want to watch YouTube videos, that's fine. Everybody can say that you can learn anything from watching a YouTube video, but it's real hard to learn certain things from watching something. Mm-hmm. Find people. Go look for people. Look on LinkedIn. Look on wherever. Find people, like you said, mentors that can actually help you explain or actually help you enact the knowledge that you're getting online. Ain't nothing wrong with trying. Mm-hmm. Ain't nothing wrong. People are so afraid of failing because they feel like it, it's it's permanent. Yeah. But permanent, like failing is so temporary. Like Unless it ends your life, you'd be surprised how fast you forget some shit you failed at (laughs) like Mm. and how much you remember all the stuff you learned from that failure but watch a movie watch all the credits and read the titles read the names respect these people give them their due because they put in blood sweat tears read the credits and pick a job out and Mm. research it see what that job does and if that's not the one for you watch another movie read the credits pick a different job (laughs) yeah uh well dude thank you for doing the show thank you for having me hell yeah i'm happy you came through uh thank y'all like you know thank y'all for having me but going back to high power before we wrap up the podcast though back Mm. to the film y'all were fucking amazing sorry i'm cussing a lot now thank you but the scene where y'all in in the kitchen I mean, like I had, I've never met you until then. Yeah. And for that to be your first introduction to a person, it both shows you like you get a feel for who somebody is and who they're capable of being. Mm-hmm. Bro, funny as hell, but also poignant, also very centered on what's going around, also very helpful to people out there. Thank, Thank you, man. Thank you. We're I'm gonna take that. Going. I'm gonna write that in my journal today. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Shit. No dead ass. Oh, I made it in the journal. No dead ass. He I'm said we were amazing. <laughs> You hear Look that, God? <laughs> you hear that, Dad? To really bring it back. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you guys, man. All over the world. We see y'all listening, man. We appreciate you guys. Highpowerpod.com. We'll see y'all next time. Peace and love wherever you at.
This podcast is brought to you by Leroy's Delivery, the honest delivery service. Now with all new personalized text excuses on why you're not getting your packages on time. Like, we moving on God's time now. Or, my nigga, it's Rosh Hashanah. Trust the most honest delivery service to get you your packages right on time sometimes. Call Leroy's Delivery today.